You are listening to Raw, a podcast that shines a spotlight on ordinary people living their best lives. People who have faced and weathered some of life's toughest storms to find their Raw. Raw is a blueprint for living your best life on purpose, in your power and with the courage to speak your truth. Raw is also a four-step process for having kind and courageous conversations with others and with yourself. It stands for recognise, observe, assert and redirect. Your best life is on the other side of your biggest storm. Are you ready to face it? Now here is your host, Merrilise de Villiers-Basson, founder and CEO of Raw Coaching and Consulting. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Roar, the podcast. I'm absolutely delighted today to have Lisa Forte with me. Lisa is a partner at Red Goat Security and very, very passionate about um, cybersecurity and raising awareness um, of the importance of cybersecurity as well as uh, diversity um, in, in our industry and respect in our industry. So the whole diversity, equity and inclusion agenda very close to both Lisa and my heart and that's why I invited Lisa today to join us because I really wanted to have a conversation with someone who has deep 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 personal experience in this area and really looking forward to to hear to hear what you've got to say welcome Lisa thank you it's awesome to be here Wonderful. So I always start my podcast with a bit of a, tell us a little bit about Lisa, the person, just who are you and, you know, why, you know, why do you get out of bed in the mornings? Yeah, so I'm a bit of a weird one, actually. I'm not your average kind of person or guest, I suppose. Um, My main passions in life are climbing and mountaineering and caving. Um, I also like to go and explore, which always sounds really strange when I say it, but I like to go and explore abandoned mines in the middle of nowhere. Um, in that, I've, I've seen a lot of that. It looks pretty dangerous, pretty scary. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I think it, for me, I just, what I like about all of those adventures actually is that they're so all consuming. You're just thinking about yourself, your safety. How do I stay safe? Am I okay? Um, are my team okay? Um, avoiding disaster that it's actually, it sounds pretty strange, but it's actually my most peaceful time because what I'm not doing is worrying about work or an argument or anything else that happens in my life is not preoccupying me and causing me anxiety. All I'm thinking about is I need to clip into something here because there's a high chance I'm going to die. And it's really like, it sounds a very strange thing to say, but it's really relaxing. Amazing. And tell us about your obsession with Elon Musk and Bitcoin. <laughs> he will be my husband one day. He uh. will. You heard it here first. Um, yeah, I, I, I have to say a lot of people hate Elon Musk. I, I really like him. I think he's, he's so sort of off the charts in so many ways. And, you know, he's achieved an awful lot. Um, I'm a huge space geek, which is probably where it comes from. So I love SpaceX, absolutely love um, all of the stuff that they're doing. Um, really fascinated by all of it. Um, and I just think he's a disruptor, isn't he? By the truest nature of the word, absolutely. he is a disruptor of 
so many things so many things absolutely and and what i love so much about him is his authenticity you know that absolute he is just his own person and he, he he really doesn't care about what other people think and uh yeah and he's just brilliant absolutely brilliant such a brilliant mind such an innovator such an innovator and yeah if you, and if you compare him to like jeff bezos um who in my opinion is much more curated much more kind of i don't feel that the person you see on tv or the person who you see on twitter from a jeff bezos perspective is really who jeff bezos is at all he is whatever image they are portraying yeah. whereas elon i really genuinely feel that like it or not that's who he is and he doesn't care and if he tweets something and it is outrageous people are horrified by it but that is just who he is yeah no it's incredible i have to say and um, i always enjoy your tweets um very much about you know about him and about space and about bitcoin and it's just wonderful it's so refreshing and it's so different and that's also What's so wonderful about you is your authenticity and sharing what you are passionate about. I'm going to jump in because I want to sort of pick up on that theme in the sense that you are very passionate um, and present on 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 social media and you're always sort of, you know, weathering, I would say, a lot of storms in terms of backlash, you know, because you also speak your truth, you know, Roar is all about having the courage to speak your truth. So you speak up for the things that you care about. But of course, that comes with consequences. So tell us a little bit more about that sort of experience on social media and some of the backlash that you get yeah I think um probably many years ago when I first started out I really truly believed that having a big following on social media was pretty good you know that's what you needed to shoot for that that was going to give you something tangible in life um it was going to make you happy I don't know what I've found as my followers have grown is that actually generally um the large proportion of people have a good laugh or will either just not engage with you or will have a good laugh with you. But there's a, there's a big chunk of people as well who are just out for blood, to be honest. And they'll say anything, they'll tell people anything, they'll post anything. Um, and it can get off the charts really quickly. I mean, I posted <clears throat> a photo of a monkey ages and ages ago, and it sounds absolutely ridiculous, but I posted this photo of the monkey and I said, something like oh this is the cutest monkey ever or something really innocuous like that and within probably 10 to 15 minutes I started getting horrible messages horrible comments accusing me of promoting animal trafficking approving me accusing me of being part of the problem of global animal trafficking and the demise of some species all from this photo and it's just so reactive so um people are just I just think that they've got into the situation where they feel that yes we can say anything but that doesn't mean we should yeah yeah and and this is the thing right and i think you know we um we we have that whole thing of you know if you say to someone's face you know you think twice before you say something but because you're anonymous or a lot of the times you are anonymous or you can hide behind a computer it's it's so much easier to criticize and to um and and to really demean and you know make people feel and destruct and 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 just really um be be so absolutely horribly inappropriate so yeah um i'm sorry that you've had that experience and i know from our conversations that you've had many more um that potentially have been a lot more personal as well 
Yeah, and I think, you know, the other thing that's kind of, it's the flip side of everything, right? And I think one thing I've learned, and I've been guilty of this myself, actually, is that when someone has lashed out on Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever platform, um, lots of people rush in to that person's aid. And you, and you, I've done it. And you do it because you're trying to defend your friend, right? And you're trying to stick up for your friend and you think this is horrible and you think this is morally justifiable. So you get involved. And we call these like pylons on social media. And I've seen a few of them this year, which really made me open my mind where it's gone completely out of hand. And the individual who may have done something that wasn't particularly well thought out, but was definitely not really, you know, (laughs) war crime level of of, of behaviour. Um, and they've been doxxed and they've been targeted and they've been harassed and they've had their wife and their kids harassed and all this stuff because someone called them out online. And I sort of, what I've kind of opened my eyes to, and I used to partake in some of these and sort of stand up for my friends, but probably too aggressively as well, um, is that actually you can become the bully really easily and you think it's justified but then the bully thinks it's justified too. So, yeah, and, and that really nicely segues us into this whole conversation of narcissism. So, in my book, I position narcissism as something that we all have. We all have a desire to feel special, and that's that's simply put what narcissism is. Um, but if you have too little or too much narcissism, that's when it becomes a problem. So, yeah, it's 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 amazing. I love that. I love that you've had that insight because I think often we've been the bullies, but we've also been the targets. We've been on the receiving end and and most of the times I think it is that in an inadvertently we've become the bully because it's it's something that we we feel so strongly about but we're only stepping into our own perspective we don't necessarily see the other person's perspective and really try and understand where they were coming from right right and and so really um you know we um I think, you know, we've we've been sort of tagged in a lot of conversations about narcissism. So I'm curious to know your sort of view on it and and sort of experience with narcissism. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a really difficult one. I think there's a lot of people who think they understand it. But the more I've read on narcissism, the more I realize how difficult it is to spot right as a victim. Because I was reading, so Chris Hadnagy, I know he's one of your personal friends, one of mine as well. He's written a lot on the topic and he wrote about how the initial phase of being contacted by narcissists, and this is whether it's romantically, friendship, professional, whatever capacity, is this kind of love bombing phase where they are like the most charming people imaginable. You think, wow, this person is going to be the love of my life or my best friend or the best business colleague I could have ever had the best boss (laughs) the best boss the best you know whatever and you are in completely intoxicated by this person largely because they're mirroring you back to you um and they're really good at it and then it all starts to fall apart and I know you and I've had lots of personal conversations um on this but you know things people like who have said to me that all of a sudden someone's just not responded to any of their messages and just ignored them and it leaves them feeling anxious and um in this one article it said that when we get ghosted when we get completely ignored it can make us feel almost physical pain from this behavior um and it's all about control it's narcissists 
I think are people who go beyond just the need to feel special and feel desired. And it goes to a point where they feel like they need to have control over people because their life is so chaotic themselves. Um, And it's really, really difficult. And I read this one thing that I just need to point out, which I think is really awesome. And this writer wrote that whenever you see someone who you think might be a narcissist and they've posted something or they've written something or they've texted you something, anything, any communication, the first immediate reaction you have to that is the reaction they want. Hmm. So that's the reaction you cannot give them. Yes. And I think that's so powerful that you've got to re- realize, oh, they want me to feel angry. So I'm not going to send them the angry message. Yeah. And, and, and it's exactly what you said. It's that sort of mirror and it's projecting onto you how they feel really deep down inside that chaos, that insecurity. And, and so they don't half the time or most of the time they don't even realize it. You know, I mean, obviously it's, it's crazy to think that they don't know this, but so often um, people project on you onto you and they don't actually realize that it, it is because they are so deeply insecure themselves because mm-hmm. they just haven't got that awareness. And but it's so important that what you're saying, and I and I want to reiterate that because that's the whole being able to spot the bully, being able to spot the narcissist, uh, because it's really hard, as you say, and, and 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 looking out for those signs, recognizing the person's behavior. Of course, we want to give someone the benefit of the doubt, but if you start picking up patterns and, and repetition, you know, you can start building a bit of a story, and you can start seeing that person's behavior. You know, they they say they're sorry, but they don't you know, behave like they're sorry, they, they, you know, they just, their words and their actions don't marry up and they just become more and more manipulative. Um, I always describe my sort of experience as, a, as this massive roller coaster. So, you know, one day my boss was the most charming, you know, best boss to work for. And then the next day it was absolutely, you know, horrible, horrible shouting and aggressive aggression. And it's that sort of what what really threw me in the end and what caused I think a lot of my my anxiety was that not knowing which version of him I was going to be mm-hmm. facing today. And um, just because they do that, they have this and it comes back to what exactly what you said is that control, that desire to control situations yeah and i think that leads on to the final stage that is often seen when a narcissist completely disengages from you or you disengage from them which is probably more likely um the smear campaign of that that then results and you'll notice this because like there's a lot of people who you just fall out with or you drift apart from and they'll just go their separate ways and get on with their life and then there'll be some people who are like no i need to take this person down that's going to be my whole thing And that's probably not a sign of a healthy person. That's probably the sign of someone who is quite deeply troubled and needs some help. Um, Because let's face it, we're all so busy at the best of times. You know, it must take a lot of energy to run a smear campaign against someone. But um, this is all like hallmarks of it. And I think the thing that I've really realised since really since knowing you, actually, is how many people have encountered and been seriously affected by narcissism both romantically friendship wise or in the workplace it's really you know it's it's a bit sort of upsetting really that a lot of these people just can continue to go from victim to victim to victim and not and they get away with it exactly freaking single time yeah um that's why I wrote my book Lisa it's because I got so angry because you know the beginning I was like that's just 
happening to me. Nobody else has ever been bullied, right? It's just me. And then conversation after conversation after conversation, people shared their related, relatable experiences with me. And I'm like, this is happening. This is a silent epidemic. This is happening to a lot of people. Now, my focus was in the workplace setting based on my own experience. But as you say, um, every time I do a presentation and I speak about narcissism, there's at least one person in the audience that has that in their personal life too, um, which is really quite heartbreaking for me. Yeah. So um, what do we do? What What is your sort of advice for coping? Um, you know, so let's, let's say you are working with a narcissist uh, or you are in a relationship with a narcissist, you know, what would you sort of give as your top tips for dealing with that person? I think if you can, get out. And if that means leaving the job, leave the job. If that means leaving the relationship, leave the relationship, leave the friendship, whatever it is. If you can do that, that's the optimal situation because everything I've read, they don't change. They don't change. They, that's who they are forever. Um, and I think if you if you can't get out, then the best thing to do is try to make yourself a really boring person to be involved with. So don't react to them. Don't get angry. Don't get upset. If they don't reply to you, don't beg them. Don't send them message after message after message. Don't play into any games that they play. Yeah. Just be boring and hope. And it sounds really horrible to say this, but you want essentially them to move on to their next target, which I know is horrible. Yeah. But ultimately, you have to be a bit selfish in life. And, you know, even not from a narcissistic perspective, but just from a sort of bullying perspective online, sometimes I just disconnect from social media. You know, at the moment, I'm, I'm not on Instagram. Um, I'm just logged out. I'm not going to log in for ages. Um, and it's just kind of a, a break for me because I sort of feel that sometimes you have to put yourself first, even though it's not necessarily the easiest thing to do. Yeah. And I think that's so important, Lisa, is that protecting your your mental health and I think disconnecting for a little while from social media sometimes just give you that perspective again you know in terms of what what's important because we become so reactive and 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 kind of consumed by technology and by the rat race so taking some time out I think is is incredibly important when you were saying about become a boring person I sort of chuckled a little bit because I'm like um, I use the phrase um, don't catch the hot potato because that's exactly Exactly what the narcissists want they want the reaction yeah. um, and it's literally as they cycle people in and out so the moment that you don't respond as you say to them they will move on to their next targets and and of course um, all my life's work is based around get, getting justice and you know creating safe and inclusive environments where people can thrive and really um, helping organizations to realize when they have a toxic person, um, a brilliant jerk in the organization and actually really challenging them to say, how much is it costing you to tolerate this brilliant jerk? And, and can you really afford it? So I think, and, and I'd be really curious in your views is how much we are pro progressing this conversation. How much do you see organizations actually beginning to take action against some of these, let's call them brilliant jerks? I think it's been a bit of a slow burn. Um, so we, um, a group of us launched Respect and Security this year, which is an initiative that aims to stamp out the worst hate and harassment in InfoSec as an in industry, as an information cybersecurity industry. 
Um, and one of the ways we decided upon doing that was to ask companies to take our pledge. And what this means is that companies will pledge that um, they will take action if people abuse their employees. But similarly, if someone comes to them and says, your CISO or your whoever has sent me all this horrible stuff on LinkedIn or has done this abusive stuff to me and here's the, here's the evidence um, that they will take appropriate action there end and that's not mandating that they get fired or they do a disciplinary on that person it may very well be that that person just needs some support because they're going through something right yes. but it's it's for the employer to take some have some discussion and open some line of communication with this person at the very least is to say stop it this isn't appropriate yes um because I think one of the things that we we found when we started with sex and security and we were like doing some research just to feel around what was going on so many people were saying, like, we were thinking, oh, it must be loads of anonymous accounts. But actually, almost almost all of the initial reports came in from people who were saying, I know exactly who it is. It's come from their actual LinkedIn with their name, but they know I can't do anything about it. Yeah. And I think we have to start, you know, we. it's a bit like when you're a child and the things that you will do and won't do are very much dependent on whether you think you're going to get into trouble with your mum and dad so we have to have consequences for our actions we, we can't act with impunity because human beings don't act well when when we're given that absolutely absolutely and you know I I have the you know the the fortunate I mean I'm fortunate to work with lots of different organizations and uh, you know I've seen some really really toxic organizations but I've also seen some really fantastic organizations where you can really see leaders um, take it um, as their moral and their legal duty to create that safe and inclusive environment where people can really thrive and it is about protecting people's health you know mental and physical health in terms of how people show up you spend so much of your time at work don't you and uh, I love the respect and security initiative I'm one of the organizations that pledged as well so um, really are promoting um, the amazing work that you're doing where can people yeah. find more information about that um, so respect and security uh, respect and sec we have a, a twitter account we have a website you can see the pledge on there you can download banners and things like that there's also an individual pledge that you can take, which basically is just saying that you're saying to the world, essentially, like, I'm not going to engage in abusive conduct. I'm not going to, um, I'm going to engage in debate respectfully, and I'm not going to do things that are abusive, which I don't think is a high bar to ask from people. Um, so they can do that as well. And I think the importance of it for me, and I can't speak to the rest of the co-founders, but for me was that some of the staff that I've had over the past couple of years has been really bad and it kind of left me feeling like everyone just everyone hated me and I was this horrible person and you know there were moments where I would literally sit on the floor and cry and I'm somebody who on the face of it at least you know I come from a privileged background I've got no mental health issues I've got you know supportive friends and family money to pay for lawyers and you know I'm, I'm not in a vulnerable state mm. um, and it made me think if you were suffering with depression or anxiety or bipolar or you were going through a divorce or a custody battle or anything that is already loading you mm. and then you endured this I genuinely think there are people who would be in danger of hurting themselves yeah 
Absolutely. And I think that's what's so concerning about this, that for me, if that is the effect it has on me, what does it have to people who are suffering more? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just listening to you there, my heart sort of sinks because it's it's the true reality and, um, and putting yourself into the shoes of the vulnerable. Um, I think if, if more people can start doing that, I think we will have a much more conscientious, kind society in, in general. Um, and it's all about perspective and it's all about seeing life from the other person's perspective as well. So yeah, because you don't have to like people. You can just like people. You can you yeah. can hate people. That's completely yeah. fine. Absolutely. But you do that in a respectful way and you just ignore them and you just stay away from them and let them get on with their lives and you get on with your life. And I think that's the, the better way to do it. And I may not have always conducted myself impeccably. I'm not saying that I have no one is I think beyond reproach um but I've definitely learned some lessons over the last year and I think definitely checked my conduct as well because sometimes I can get riled up when I shouldn't do yeah it's it's such amazing self-awareness and I think um if if anything you know the last couple of years have really humbled so many of us because we've just had for for once I think the whole world and everybody was in, in, a, in the same boat in terms of you know we were all confined to a space and not being able to freely move and 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 for some of us that was fine because we have loving families and relationships but for others it was living hell um, and and it's really um, as, as you say appreciating that what you have but also to really um, put yourself into other people's shoes and to mm-hmm. really empathize um, and every time someone perhaps say something inappropriate or do something inappropriate really challenging yourself and, and and asking where's that person coming from and really trying being curious I always say be curious not furious so being curious about the perspective of the other person and where they're coming from and if you have a problem with somebody and you think that they've done something horrible to you or any anything or you just disagree with what they've written approach them privately send them a message and just say this is the issue I have you know, let give them the opportunity to respond and just do it respectfully. Because actually, a lot of the time, I've had a couple of people recently who have said something like, I don't like your post because of this, that and the other. And they've done it in a respectful way. We've had a conversation about it. And it's been fine. There's a big difference between that and then writing something hugely inflammatory in the comments of someone's post or on your own post, deliberately to poke at this person. Um, publicly, Publicly naming and shaming. Exactly. And it's, yeah I don't um I think you've just I think we've lost the ability as humans to just go okay I'm gonna walk away and that's an option we don't have to react to everything absolutely we've we've got into this pattern of going I have to react to absolutely everything and it's just not the case yeah and I love I love what you said about have have the courageous conversation um, you know, if, if I if I reflect on roar for a moment and the four step process, so recognize, observe, assert, redirect, which is the four steps that you can use to have a difficult conversation. If you follow that recipe, you can really pretty much have a, a conflict conversation, a, a conversation, difficult conversation with someone and create a really productive outcome. Um, so, yeah, have the conversation and have it in a 
private setting, you know, have it one-to-one. -one. Of course, don't have that conversation if you don't feel safe, you know, so I'm always caveating this with, if you're in a very toxic situation and you're dealing with a dangerous person, a dangerous narcissist, you know, don't don't put yourself in, into sort of, you know, harm's way. Um, so if, if, you, if you then um, have to speak to someone, speak to someone that you do trust and you can confide in. But wherever you have the option, have the difficult conversation. Lisa, why is um, this such a big problem in the cyber and information security industry? I think I've had this question a lot this year. And I think it's not unique to the industry. I think a lot of industries have the same issues. The reason I think it's particularly obvious in the InfoSec industry is because as a community, we are very, very, very online. We have a very strong online presence in a way that a lot of industries don't. We have big, you know, Discord and Twitter and all these other things where we interact with other InfoSec people. So that automatically opens you up to more undesirable people being involved and, and sort of poisoning that otherwise healthy discussion. Yeah. So I think that's the first thing. Um, and I think, you know, we've... We've typically been a bit of a community who can sometimes be a little bit anarchistic, a little bit on the fringe of things, you know, using anonymous accounts, you know, having very strong opinions on different things. And I think sometimes they can crash. And I think for me, I definitely have just speaking to friends and other people who have had quite horrible situations over the last year. Mm. Um, it seems to have really exploded. And the only thing I can put that down to is COVID and the pandemic and the stresses that's put on our lives. But there's been so many people who have had, we had one gentleman who contacted Respecting Security and he'd been horribly bullied by other people in the industry who we knew. They'd even created fake accounts for him to try and destroy his name and his reputation. They'd done some horrible things. We had a woman who had sought out a mentor who then got sexually harassed by that mentor within basically a day. Uh, hor horrible, hideous conversations. Um, and I think for all of us at Respect and Security, one thing that it did actually, which was really interesting, is we kind of started it thinking that it was predominantly women who were the victims and predominantly men who were the perpetrators. What we have found is that that's not true at all. There are equal amounts of women and men as victims and equal amounts as perpetrators as well. Um, and it's really interesting. So it's not a gender issue. It's not a race issue. It's not a disability issue. It's a human issue. And, and I can you know back that up with my research. Um, I was very surprised to learn that, you know, 30% of the people um, said the bully was female um that was kind of at the sort of sea level um what was interesting more more shocking i should say was the fact that the majority of women who came to me and who gave me interviews were bullied by women really yeah so that was also a very shocking statistic and i was just quite you know that was a bit of a dark moment for me because i'm all i i really honestly believe that we are stronger together and especially as women we have to stand together and we have to support each other um, it's something I'm really passionate about I feel very very strongly about so yeah that was a bit of a dark dark moment yeah yeah it's interesting I think in, in some ways it is dark but in some ways it's I think it's comforting that we don't have 
a specific group of individuals who are being maliciously targeted yeah. which is a positive thing yeah um it's not positive that it affects everybody but you know there are even people who are like CISOs who are big strong blokes who get targeted oh, and bullied absolutely. and there are you know young interns who are also bullied so I think in a way this affects all of us and that's why it's so important that instead of just ignoring it we actually start to do something about it before we recruit more people into our industry absolutely and and i think also recognizing that you have it's the power conversation again it's the control conversation again so recognizing what's within your gift to control and i think the one of the biggest lessons i learned through my personal experience was that i was so trying to control the other person and i have this kind of illusion of control and it's like no i wasn't controlling anything Mm -hmm. I had to really kind of, you know, take my control. I mean, it's like taking it back, but it's really recognizing that it wasn't going to come from the outside. If I wanted to, to, to win this battle in a way, I had, I really had to kind of look deep inside, hold the mirror up and take responsibility for the way that I'm also responding and reacting, mostly defensive or, you know, with kind of, you know, walking away and just being silent and quiet. And it's like, no, that's not going to solve the problem. Uh, I um, I hate to quote Russell Brand because, you know, we've not everyone, he's a bit marmite. Most, some people might not like him, but he said something that really resonated with me and that I'm very, very guilty of myself. Um, and that he said, you know, if you're expecting someone to show up for you and you're expecting someone to be this perfect partner, friend, business colleague, whatever, and historically they've been up and down or they've been absent or they've been narcissistic or they've been whatever and you're expecting them to show up and care about you and send you those nice messages and do those things for you that problem isn't with them it's with you because in your mind you are setting yourself this thing where you're saying they're going to do this they're then obviously not going to do it and then you're going to feel really hurt and disappointed and so often I think I've done that where I've kind of assumed people are going to be nice or they're going to care or they're going to change and they don't and then I go through the entire process again yeah and and I think that again you know we we said earlier you said this so beautifully this is a human problem and it's just human nature for us to to expect that to have those expectations to to, to expect the good in others um, but actually, you know, recognizing that, you know, if, if that person has let you down one too many times, perhaps it's a sign, you know, to, to actually uh, step away and just protect yourself and um, really, really just kind of focusing on what can I control within the yeah. situation. I think the, I love, I love Russell Brand as well. I mean, I didn't used to in the past, but uh, I mean, he's had such an amazing transformation himself over the years and mm -hmm. uh, really respect. I mean, he's, he's gone to the deep, deepest, darkest holes. So um, real respect for that guy and um, what he's all about today. And I think the other thing I would say in terms of just survival, whether that's like social media stuff or bullying or having someone who upsets you in personal or professional life is making sure you're disconnecting at points and going out and doing something so for me obviously it's climbing it's caving that kind of thing um and that's my free time where I'm free and I'm not connected and I'm not involved and that's Lisa's time to be me um and I think that's so important and I probably would have been the first person to tell you that's rubbish a few years ago but now I definitely see the advantage just log out 
and just go, I'm having four days, two days, a weekend, whatever it is. I'm logging out of everything. I'm not going to answer anything unless it's really urgent. And I'm just going to spend time with my kids or with my partner or on my own doing adventures, whatever it is. Because I think that's the point where you can reset your brain and you can get some clarity that you can't get when you're in it. Absolutely. It's again, it's getting that perspective, isn't it? So I love that. I, uh, I challenge a lot of the time I challenge my clients to think about how much. So I say, you know, take, take out your list, your to-do list and take out your calendar and where do you feature on there? Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, it's nowhere because we don't prioritize ourselves. And uh, I say, prioritize yourself on your list of priorities write that down because we we have to really invest so much in our own wellness um as well as 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 any other project or as much as any other project we invest in so i love that you recognize the importance of that and yeah the importance of caving subtext to this thing get everybody out and go and caving caving because because you're right you just cannot think of anything else right and Um, you don't have any phone reception at all down a cave so nobody can send you messages and nobody can tell you something bad's happened you are literally it's the best place it's the best place to be everybody honestly amazing no it's it's uh it still looks dangerous to me but i think um (laughs) I might, I might go with you one day and give it a try, especially in work. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so beautiful. So beautiful. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, you know, I, you just, every time I speak to you, you inspire me so much uh, because you are just truly such an amazing person. And I want you to receive that because you are. And um, I know it doesn't always feel like that when you put your heart and your soul into your work and, you know, people don't necessarily acknowledge it straight away. But I just want to say to you that I think you're, you're doing amazing, amazing things and just, just love who you are and what you stand for and, and really appreciate you. Yeah. And I think just have a good network of people as well around you, people who make you feel positive. Like I always speak to you and come off feeling more positive, which is great. You know, my friend Regina, I always speak to you. I always have a laugh with her. You know, she's brilliant. My friend Nikki, Nikki Webb is brilliant as well. And there's loads of people like that who you speak to and you're like, oh, I feel great. I feel great having spoken to you. You make me laugh. You make me happy. You make me feel motivated. And just surround yourself with more of those people. Oh, and then the other people just try and put them to the back of your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Life's I, too short. You know, I say to people, find find your power partners. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people who really, you know, you know, lift you up and, um, yeah, just pull you up and 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 want the best for you. And you know, just make the world a better place. There are plenty yeah. of amazing, amazing human beings out there. So always love to finish on a on a high note and a positive note so yeah thank you so much for all your golden nuggets really appreciate that (laughs) thank you thank you for having me oh yeah yeah so i forgot to to say where can people find you um so i'm on twitter at lisa forte uk um i'm on linkedin lisa forte and my company website my blog is red-goat.com and i have a youtube channel called rebooting You can read Merrilee's story in her best-selling book, Raw, How to Tame the Bully Inside and Out. You can also watch her TED Talk, Have You Found Your Raw? And why not say hello to Merrilee's on social media or on her website, www.merrilee's-der-villiers.com. She would love to hear from you. 
Join us again next time for more insights and magic on the Raw podcast. We'd love to hear your comments on today's show. And we're always open to suggestions for future topics and guests. Don't forget to leave us a review and rate this show. Thank you for listening.